Battle of Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Steve Cofield. Adam Hill is the company. Demond's running the show. Special guest who had his time stolen away by the uh, is cereal a soup discussion. Judge Dan is with us. The fan in Denver. All right, Dan, you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. We start off with actually a food topic. I've been following you on Twitter. Now, folks who don't know, uh, Dan is a pit master. Quite the chef. He can eat. He's lost a lot of weight, though. I didn't know that, but lost a lot of weight over the years. Couldn't uh, tell. Thanks. No, I couldn't. Well, that's not that's not it. It's not it. Um, first of all, you did you tweet out a, a breakfast this morning that you said was right off the smoker? Yeah, I was you can you can do that. Okay, you were kidding. What was it? It was just a little breakfast sandwich, a little egg uh, muffin uh, breakfast okay. sandwich, a little cheese on there. And I'm then not... one of my friends said, "There's no meat on there. What's wrong with you?" I'm like, sorry, I'm, um, trying to, I'm trying to slim down so Cofield might will quit taking shots at me. I'm gonna ask. This is gonna sound ridiculous. How did you make the egg? I saw <laughs> in a pan. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a good way to do an egg because uh, I don't like the slimy thing. So you just put. You put it in your little pan, yeah. you crack the egg, and you put a little tiny bit of water in there, and then you put the lid on, and it steams it, and it'll cook it all the way through just like the McDonald's eggs. Okay, you you're like gonna, the McDonald's egg? You're going to punch me in the face because I have the solution for really doing the McMuffin egg. Yeah. You throw it in a coffee cup, and you microwave it, and you do it in 15-second increments, <laughs> and it comes out perfect. Okay. That had to be from TikTok. It is from TikTok. Yeah, all right. That's that's how the only way to know how to cook is from TikTok. All right. I know um, he follows Taylor Swift on TikTok. All of his recipes. Let's talk bacon. Uh, your buddy Nick Ferguson, who played in the NFL, does radio yes. in Denver. You and he were going back and forth on a bacon debate, and I agree with you on this one. I this is all absurd. Tell the audience. Right. So he, he refers to bacon as pork bacon. It's like, dude. You don't have to qualify bacon as pork bacon because it's bacon. Yes. And then, you know, you could call it turkey bacon because you have to, because that doesn't exist. It's like bacon strips, right? And then he just doesn't like pork, not for any religious reasons or anything like that. He just, for some reason, he had some bad experience. He doesn't like the texture. So he just doesn't like anything pork. Yeah. Um, Then he he found what? He found beef bacon and chicken bacon. Well, no, so I found, we did the show together last week, yeah. and we were talking about, he says, you know, there's beef bacon. And I found some at the store, so I tweeted it at, at you and him. And then, so then, he was at the store that night, and he's like, chicken bacon, yeah! And it's like, there's no, it, it's not no, bacon, no. man! I, bacon. Uh, I learned this lesson years ago. I tried to do bacon wrap hot dogs, and I did it with turkey bacon, and they turned out terrible, and I got destroyed by Mark McMillan, another one of our okay. foodies who's on the show. Just He just hammered me. Okay, I, I, I dare you, and I, I seriously, take a bag and strip that you would give to your dog yeah. and a piece of turkey bacon, throw it in the microwave, and make Adam Hill blind make, taste test. Make Adam Hill. <laughs> yes. See if he can tell Are, the difference. They're not, the, you, they're not the same thing. Turkey bacon is edible. Come on now. Put it in your air fryer for, I don't know, whatever your Taylor Swift recipe says. I guarantee you, you guys cannot tell the difference. Okay, I'm going to go head-to-head with you on uh, a creative food item. Did you do some sort of – was, was that bacon-wrapped or sausage-wrapped pasta the other day? Right. So one of the – actually, the listeners on, on the Dan Jacobs show says, hey, have you ever done these things? They're called shotgun shells. So you take, uh, as Willie Ramirez says, managut. Yeah. Or managot. 
Menegat. 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 <laughs> from the uh, from the Sopranos. Sure. And uh, like Carmelo makes. Yeah. You you so you stuff them one end with uh, sausage, sausage, and then uh, you put uh, a cube of cheddar cheese in the other, and then you wrap them in bacon and you throw them on the smoker for a couple hours. Yeah. And yeah, they come out. They come out on really the big. smoker. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. In the smoker. And the pasta gets soft. Well, so that's exactly. what I learned. What you need to do, now use center cut bacon. Uh, that's my tr- trick. Yeah. Next time, what I will do is because you put it in a pan, in a wire rack, and I put in, I added water. I added it a little too late. Next time, I'll add the water in sooner. I'll advanced. probably just put the water in the whole time. So advanced. And it'll be it'll be perfect next time. So advanced. It was still phenomenal, but it was a little tiny bit chewy. So last night I tried something. I've seen people use uh, broken up potato chips as breading. So I had these potato yeah. chips that I we get. I'll actually shout the place out because I like it. But I don't know what it is. This one potato chip flavor they have, the like eighty eight percent of the bag is all crushed every time we get it. So I'm like, I'm using this, all right. I'm not. So yeah. I crushed it up. I had a pork loin, and I tried to bread a pork loin. I cooked it. The pork loin came out well, but the breading just all fell off because I didn't bread it correctly. I screwed up the breading. Egg wash. Do you use egg wash? Or I just use. Or- I, what What is egg wash? It's just uh, you, you use an egg and a little tiny bit of milk. You beat it together. Okay. And then you do that with flour. And then your pit, potato chips, you could use Cheez-Its. Yeah. You said flour, uh, right? You said flour. Just a little tiny bit I of flour. Did, I did the egg, no milk, no flour. Well, no. You, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> I know. I screwed it up. You could just do the egg wash. Okay. And, I mean, you don't have to use the flour, but I would. I would do a tiny bit of flour. I'm doing it. And then you could do your chips. But you know, you could do Cheez-Its, crackers. I mean, you do whatever you want. I'm doing it. Adam, Red you wanna, crumbs. Adam, you want to jump on another discussion of something you microwaved the other day? And <laughs> I made ground beef. Uh, that's, that's it. And that's eat, his that's, that's crowning good. achievement. Yeah, I made ground beef. He's eating lucky clams over there. You know? <laughs> With milk. Clams and milk. Number four. All right, number four story. I know we both want an answer to this. The Snide Dog, as we call him, uh, Dan Snyder, will not testify at the congressional hearing. What's the deal here? And can they make him? Yes. They can. It's called a subpoena. There's called a subpoena. Okay. And uh, it's called contempt of Congress. By the way, do those work? That works anymore? There's like, there's laws? (laughs) You have to show up. I I feel like no one shows up anymore. Well, uh, so Steve Bannon, he's out on, uh, he's out. Uh, He was able to surrender. But now, I don't know if you remember last week, Peter Navarro said he'll be eating dog food if he has to pay an attorney. Former cabinet member Peter Navarro from the previous administration refuses to hire a lawyer, but he says, I'll be eating dog food if I have to comply with the subpoena. But he he got arrested uh, for failing to supply, uh, comply. But yeah, it would be up to the part of, uh, Department of Justice if they want to enforce the subpoena. But yeah, so it would be up to Congress. Do you think they, they should, to- should they do that to an NFL owner? Is there enough there with, you know, the alarming... You know, rumors, news, you know, uh, confirmed actions of the workplace with Dan Snyder. Would they? Should they go that far? If you don't show up to court, you will get a warrant for your arrest. Do you think Dan Snyder should be uh, above the law simply because he's an NFL owner? Because that's what you're saying, Steve. No, you're I don't think so. But I feel like there are no, lots you're of people that. The law now. You have a, you asked me a loaded question. No, it was a Dan. leading, basically a leading question. Do you think they <laughs> uh, they don't have anything better to do with everything else going on right. that they should waste our resources? And and don't you think he should be above the law? Not and and they shouldn't do that. But then I think the question is what? Like, why are we 
why don't if we're calling somebody to appear, why don't we just subpoena them all the time? Right. Like, what, why up, why is else. there an invitation or a subpoena? Just subpoena somebody. Well, because you'd like to think that they would you just respect the authority of the of Congress and, and show up. I mean, yeah, well, Goodell, apparently the breaking news that Goodell will show up uh, and Dan Snyder will not because Dan Snyder is out of the country on that one particular day. Sure he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure yeah, he is. I mean, stop. Right. By the way, out of the country I mean, on commander's business. 30 years ago, would anybody have ever not shown up if, they, if their uh, appearance had been requested by Congress? Ever. I don't know. I'm it, sure there. I'm sure unthinkable. there is someone. Okay. Oh, really? Unthinkable. Okay. Right. You know, so, I mean, it just it, it was unthinkable. And now people yell all the time, you know, like, ah, you know, the chief of staff of the United States just willfully you know, uh, ignoring subpoenas and we don't do anything about it. I mean, it's crazy. We are living in unprecedented times. We are living in times of breakfast is, uh, is breakfast foods, cereals are soups. <laughs> yeah, cereal is soup. Uh, what do you got coming up on the fan? Uh, well, uh, field day is a hot topic. Oh, and by the way, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals uh, post game shows uh, uh, every after every, sh- every every game. Excellent. Well every said, <laughs> Dan. We'll see you, buddy. All right, bye. See Thank you, you. Judge Dan. He's bye, a real sir. he's a real judge. That was mean, right? I'm like, <laughs> we we make him stay on on with us for 15 minutes, and then I got to bust him because he couldn't get it <laughs> couldn't get it out. I, mean, I, f- I feel like what what we have coming up, he probably would have liked to be a part of also. I think it was going to be too much. We, we got we got to start moving, man. Number three. So yesterday we got to, uh, it was like a two-year-old quote by Charles Barkley about Draymond Green. You know, Draymond Green is busted on Barkley. We miss Barkley so much right now because TNT's not doing this that we brought up this comment about uh, Barkley saying Draymond Green is like the, the worst person in a boy band who doesn't realize he's the worst and thinks the crowd is there for him. So this was part of the conversation yesterday that we needed Adam for. Draymond, he's like a guy in a boy band who's the least important member, and he thinks the crowd is cheering for him. <laughs> to say who would be the least important I don't. You know what, dude? I Adam don't. would know. What's his, is he an NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I can't remember. He's I always a, forget. He's NSYNC. Yeah. So he could tell us who the least Was important Was Fatone the least important? I, that's off the top of my head. Or JC. We should bring on Adam in a couple minutes and talk about who is the least important in Boys to Men. Okay, as always, we talk about stuff we happen. talk about stuff on the show and then we go to break and it's just, you know, yesterday was kind of crazy, I'll say that during the break, <laughs> so we kind of forgot. Which question do you want to answer? The NSYNC or or Boys to Men? And is uh, it mean to mention who who's the worst in Boys to Men? No, cuz I I might surprise you. Oh, really? So first NSYNC, who is it? I think it's probably JC. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, look, let, let's let's also be honest. That was a solo act with four backup singers. Well, as it turns out, he's he's done the best. By well, far. he always was though. Yeah, like that's why that's why InSync was amazing. It was just Justin Timberlake with four backup singers, and they had amazing pop music. Not the case for Boys to Men, and as you always say, they're not they're, a boy band. R&B group, but let's just man, let's band. just mention them. So, the worst, Mark Nelson. Really? Yeah, he decided to leave the band right before they they broke up. Okay. They, right before they busted out. Right, right, right. He was like, I'm going solo. I don't need you guys. Oops. <laughs> and then obviously, I mean, you would say like Michael McCary because he left in 2003 after they had a, you know, they had a great run with him. And he obviously was very important. Everybody remembers the, the deep voice. But he got 
uh, I think had MS and had to. I know I didn't want to be mean because so, he's got the cane and everything. Um, I mean that's probably the one for them, yeah. but I also will not participate because they're not a boy band. They're not a boy band. How about this one? This could make you even angrier. I saw this discussion. I don't know, like five days ago. Does their music still hold up today? Who's wait? Who asked? That? I swear to God, it was no, a threat. That, it, no was, it was it was a threat. No it was a threat on social media. You're just trying to make me angry. You're trying no, to make me no, as angry as, no. as Judge Dan. Why would I? Why would I bring that up randomly? I saw it and I That's was like, a, oh my God, Adam's gonna be so mad today. And I, I'm thinking to myself, man. Uh, I mean, I know I'm a cheese ball. Most of the times I hear Boys to Men is when we play it to do karaoke, which is dreadful. But the whole room explodes doing it. I'm like, I think it still holds up, but maybe I'm just a dork. Does it still hold up? They're still performing every night. Does it still hold up? Yes, they're a, they're still a massive success today. Like t- thirty years almost after their first album. That's that's a preposterous question to ask. Of course, it still holds up. They have some of the greatest R and B albums of all time. Yes, it holds up. Number one hit after number one hit. Yeah, yes, sure. The Black Beatles. Yeah, they still hold up. These are the moments, by the way, folks, that you should embrace. Cherish, because I do. Because when Adam Hill has an Adam Hill pulled on himself and gets all pissy and mad, it's a ridiculous ridiculous question. I don't even believe anybody posed it. You just wanted to make me angry. It's It's so ridiculous to even say that. Number two. All right, it's official. Here we go. News out today that uh, you know we knew about the uh, the whispers of the Bedane like Wiki project, but. Raiders president, check that. Former Raiders president, Mark Bedane, named president, OVG, Las Vegas Sports and Entertainment Venues. They are looking to develop a $3 billion NBA-ready arena and resort project in Las Vegas. That project appears to be set for LV Boulevard and Blue Diamond and Windmill. So this is... In a lot of ways, Mark Bedane against Bill Foley. Competition for the Fortress. You know, Foley does own port, uh, part of the Fortress. You know, a question I've never asked when we talked about this. Um, does Foley want, would they want an NBA team? I mean, no. he, he, he's going to make money off it. They don't, they, want, they don't want to share the arena. So they're fine with this. Well, isn't the plan for this to not share the arena? What I'm saying is, this oh, new arena, this it. new arena coming in, does it dash the plan of hey, I own part of this building, you know, AG and and uh, MGM Resorts? Like you always said, the the arena was built for the NBA. It was. So it was the dream all along. You know, you know, we're gonna have VGK here, but eventually we'll get NBA. Now is Bedane and Lightwicky and these other guys are they throwing a wrench into this whole thing? You know, that's NBA team in the arena could make you a lot of money. Yeah, that's possibly true. I mean, I, I think. In general, the thought of NBA, which plays at the same time, which would draw a lot of the attention away, a lot of the focus away, a lot of the interest away, um, all in general, would be bad. But you're right. I mean, I think if it, I think the the worst case scenario is an NBA team at a different venue, obviously, and that's what it looks like is starting to ramp up momentum. Which, yeah, that's that's probably not a great thing for the Golden Knights. And I have no idea because I haven't done the research. I wonder how many times, because I'm trying to think of cities where they have two separate venues and they've got NHL and NBA. I'm going to go to a goofy one. This is probably not a great example because I don't think the Panthers draw like they should. But my question is, I wonder how many nights the Heat and the Panthers are head-to-head. 
Are they like an hour away? And they are far apart. Yeah. The Panthers Arena, unless I like don't, I don't know where if they moved again. I don't know. I think it's in Sunrise. It is. It is one of the odder places. It's still there. Look. Look closer. Phoenix. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, how many times do the Suns go head to head? Well, not going to matter now because yeah. the, the the Coyotes only have a five thousand seat arena at ASU. Yeah, we'll have to do research on that. Like, how many times would a, a Vegas, a LeBron Vegas NBA team be on the same night as the Golden Knights? And then, can the city support you know eighteen thousand in each building? And we've seen we've seen overlap like big events with Raiders or big events with Golden Knights. Raiders and Golden Knights played on the same day yeah. a couple times. And, those, and time. it's important those markets are the ones you should compare it to. Oh, you, yeah. know, so, you know, South Florida and Phoenix. Don't be like, oh, New York. They, like New York's got eight hundred million people. Chicago. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like there's. Millions and you know, tens of millions of not tens, but lot, it's a lot bigger population. I would just try to think in my head right now which which cities do have different venues for those two teams. It's not many, right? Most and and, and by the way, like what four miles apart? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, super close. It's on the same road. Yeah, right and I could, no, I was gonna say I could throw in Philly, but they they share the arena. Yeah, I, I think most. I feel like I, this again. This is just. We're spitballing here on the top of our head, but yeah, I feel like most of them are in the same building. God, I'm excited. I know you're excited for basketball. Yeah, you like you want an arena built like in your neighborhood yeah, next to your house. Yeah, just walk over. I won't say where it. Adam lives, but like I've right said it ju- a million ju- times. just south. That's yeah, so high. Just so south high. of the South Point would be your dream. If ah, you yes. rode a bike, I think you would bike there. Yeah. Would you walk? I I walk by the property you're talking about almost every night. Really? Yeah. Wait, you walk a, there's Yeah. You walk across the 15? Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That seems like a long walk. Uh, I mean to where that like from my house to the empty lot on yes. the east side of 15 is like a quarter mile. I like that we're speaking code. I know. It's fine. Trying not to give away. I don't care. I'll <laughs> say right where I live. Ah, right where I live number there. 1. It's fine. Number one. Probably a bad time to do that. Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. Get, uh, Bruce Cassidy, Golden Knights. What do we think? Veteran coach, veteran team. Yeah. Has worked with McPhee. That should work. Now, he's now. I don't know what his roster is going to look like. And I also don't know what the goaltender situation is going to be. And then there's the Eichel question. Mention to people, you know, there was some a lot of discussion about Eichel being traded to the Bruins, and some people think, well, you know, Cassidy and Eichel, huh? Yeah, would that work? Would Cassidy's kind of, uh, let's just say, demanding style, um, you know, kind of not disciplinary. I don't know if disciplinary is the right word, but, yeah, it's very direct. Um, and, um, again, you're trying to choose words like the – Disciplinarian, I think, is, is probably fair. Would that work with, you know, uh, unrelenting, I guess would be a fair word. Would that work with Eichel, who doesn't seem like that type of player? Like, I don't I don't know. We we haven't seen them coexist. And I, I think, again, winning is going to fix all of it. Like, nobody nobody's going to care if they're winning. It's not going to be an issue if they win. If everybody goes out and plays well and Eichel's scoring goals and they're winning games, this will never be even discussed. It's what happens if they don't, if they lose, if there's struggles. That's when things can happen. That's when things can bubble over. Um, but I think on the surface, how what is the hire? It, it's a hire that makes sense. It's not going to like, you know, nobody's going to be like doing cartwheels and like, yeah, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. I think it's just a, a, a sensible move that makes a ton of sense on paper. 
and that you would expect that it would work out and be successful, but it's not going to, nobody's going to be, you know, throwing parades because this hire happened. I, I think that this is just one that makes sense, that's logical, and that should take them to another level. We're not going to turn him in or anything. We, no. just, we just want to know. Yeah. Oh, boy, fly ball to deep right field. Open up another bag of chips. Bryson Stott, a two-run home run. And the Phillies lead it 3 nothing. You ain't all that in a bag of potato chips. What are you talking about? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Phillies TV on the call of another Bryson Stott home run from a couple of days ago. What the Phillies do today? Oh, that's right. I bet the Marlins. Plus 160. What a good handicap here. Man. Yeah, I was looking at it and I'm like, I don't know. I don't really trust Kyle Gibson. I guess it wasn't a good handicap because he pitched brilliantly. He pitched into the eighth. Gave up one run. It was one nothing. Marlins. Going to the bottom of the ninth. They blow it. Tanner Scott blew the save. Three-run dong from uh, someone who calls themselves Garrett Stubbs, a 29-year-old catcher. Are we serious here? Blown save, of course. But guess what? We talk betting all the time, and what do I say? Don't get in front of the freaking train one way or the other, right? Not, yeah, hey, team's lost uh, eight in a row. They're, they're due. And the Phillies have been on fire. What are the Phillies? Like 12 or 13 wins. And I stepped in front of it like an idiot. I reached out to Koken, too. I was like, first five. Bet the first five. Idiot. Koken does that. I don't. So there you go. I forgot to check the most important thing I was looking for. Braves? Uh, no, Stott. Stott, Stott oh. was over three today. So Braves winning again? Did you bet the game? Is that what we do now? We're just going to go over our bets no. and give updates? No, they just, they've won 13 in a row, and looks like they're going to win again. They're going to keep it going? Looks like it. Ozzy Al- Albee's out now for like six to eight weeks, broken won't, foot. Won't matter. Just keep rolling. They're deep. It's 3 nothing. Bottom four, Braves lead it. Um, Dangerous Danny, one of our producers and uh, remote techs. Who do you, what, what company do you tweet about now? Yeah, I mean that's why he's dangerous. He has a he's definitely developed a brand. He uh he either unknowingly attacks all of our sponsors or <laughs> potential sponsors around Las Vegas. So it's fun times. The must follow on Twitter. He's, he's learning. Yeah. He's learning. He gets very gets very frustrated around Las Vegas. Dangerous Danny was suggesting that uh with Bruce Cassidy in Vegas, maybe it could be a trade here and Pete DeBoer could take over the Bruins. But you know, I was just reading a story from today that it looks like the Bruins have five people targeted that they will interview. And uh, none of them are named Pete DeBoer. So. Will he get a job? Yeah. I still think so. This year or just wait? I mean, I think either way, whatever he wants. I mean, does he want to take a year off? We talked earlier. It's tough to not have a job for a while. But, I, you know, he could probably do some commentary if he wanted to as well. What do you um, think of Bill Foley's comment to uh, 8 News Now that with Cassidy, oh, it's a long contract. Significant investment. What does that mean? I mean, I, again, I think that they have to do that. Well, first of all, I think Cassidy was going to be in demand, so they were going to have to. So, what, what, what would be your guess? Four five years? Five years? Four? Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know. Um, well, you can guess. I mean, is, is sure. it ten years? I mean, is, is it? I don't think it's a Gruden contract. No, I would say, yeah, I'd say four or five. But I mean, again, they're going to have to. Not only is he in demand, 
Um, other teams are probably going to want to talk to him. And if that's your guy, you're going to have to make a commitment to him. But as we said, like they've gotten rid of coaches that were doing a very good job. We're winning games. So I think coaches are like, okay, well, I'm going to need more assurance than usual because even if I do well, you might fire me. Before the end of the show, we're going to hear from uh, Bruce Cassidy as he was over on uh, VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, one of the first words with the Vegas media. So looking forward to that. And uh, also stick around over the next half hour. We'll give away another Father's Day prize for uh, Fogo. Fogo to Shone. Uh, gift card. That place rules. So prizes on the way. Lifted high in the air, pretty deep left field. O'Neill back, and Tommy Pham launches a home run. Solo shot for the former Cardinal, and he extends the Reds' lead to three. It's now seven to four. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Tommy Pham, home run a couple days ago. He's one of the guys, we talked about him a couple weeks ago after uh, slapping Jock Peterson in the face for the fantasy football argument. He's one of the guys that I really respect in baseball as someone you don't F with. Yeah. Like people have reputations and you're like, eh, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> like fam did it. And he's tried to, he tried to do it to Luke Voigt by challenging the Padres DH first baseman to an MMA fight. After I don't know what the hell was happening, rules of baseball thing. This fam thing. And by the way, Tommy's a local, you know, and you know Willie Ramirez has told us, you know, about Tommy's background. If you don't know, you know, this guy had a, he had a rough upbringing, you know, and uh, probably has some issues. Clearly, you know, gets he gets fired up. This fantasy football thing is not going to die down anytime soon. No, because first of all. Who was the San Fran Giant who wore a T-shirt referencing this whole thing? They all did. They all did. I think the whole yeah, the whole team did for warmups. Wait a second. It said on the shirt, "Fantasy Football 101: Stashing players on IR isn't cheating." And that's what the beef was over, right? There was a misunderstanding of like who could be on IR in this league, yeah, this Mike Trout league, as it turns out. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the, the, the evolutions of this are so insane to me because you saw Mike Trout doing the on-air interview, right? On, on the field the other day yeah. and he had the, he had the mic he, or he had the, the head, earpiece in and he had the microphone and he was talking uh, to the broadcast as they do the live interviews on the field. Now, by the way, two nothing now, Colorado early uh, in the game one. Um, so he by was the way, talking. you can listen to the game on 1230, the game. That's where we have the Stanley cup finals. Uh, so he was talking to ESPN, yes. and he was starting to say that the real issue here in this fantasy football dispute is that the ESPN fantasy app isn't very good. And oh, then he wow. caught himself, and he goes, oh, I, I better not say this on your network. And so he stopped himself from saying it. Wow. But what, the, what, it tur- what it looks like happened is that the rules of their league – were different than what the rules that were plugged into the app were. And now you've played enough fantasy leagues to understand this can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, our rules are this. Even though the app will allow you to put a guy on IR, he's not allowed to go on IR in our league. That does create massive problems. Like, you need to make sure your rules match up with what the app will allow you to it's do. It's such an Adam Hill story. It is. I love every second of it. 
And so, yeah, that was the dispute of, you know, apparently Peterson was like, hey, this, this they let me put the guy in R, put the guy in R. And Tommy Pham was like, no, no, no. So he tweeted out in response to the T-shirts, this is still going on today. If you're out there saying, like, you guys won't let this go, they won't let it go. The shirts were well, worn. Well, I mean, when people say, you know, you guys won't let it go, no, I mean, would we let it go? No. In leagues we're in? No. No. I'll never let it go. I'm in, I'm in, I mean, I know Adam's, Adam's a lunatic. He's in, he's in a baseball league with me. And I had to, as the commissioner, I had to kind of like shout you down, not shout you down, but I was like, leave the league <laughs> about three weeks ago. But we're, we're in other leagues where like, I like, there's been close to fisticuffs. Sure. I could, could see a smack happening in the future. Sure. Um, yeah, there's money at stake. And in this baseball league, has anyone snitched on how much money was up? 10,000. I thought it was total. Th- or 10,000 10, to get in. To get in I thought. Oh boy. Well then, you know what? <laughs> and I'm not saying Jock Peterson deserves to get slapped. My my guess, I mean you're going to clarify this. My guess is Jock Peterson found a loophole and Adam Hill like loophole and took advantage of it and well, then and then Trout didn't freaking drop the hammer and make a ruling. So then Tommy Pham a couple years later is like you screwed with my money, so I'm going to slap you right in the face. From what Tommy Pham tweeted, yeah. It sounds like uh Jock Peterson did something that was allowed on the app. But it wasn't supposed to be allowed on the app. But right. somebody lost that. Right. They they lost that so in trans, translation. The question is: Is Jock sneaky and finding loopholes, or Jock didn't really know the difference? Or was Jock in a lot of leagues and didn't know each individual? Or if Tommy's in multiple leagues and doesn't know the rules. Yeah, that's like possible. what it goes legally. But Tommy Pham just said, "Oh, you." When these shirts were worn, he sent out a tweet, and he was like, "Oh, now you've screwed yourself because I have a screenshot of the league rules." And it, what your T-shirt says, so awesome. yeah. What your T-shirt says is not what happened, and not what was illegal. What was legal according to the league rules? So now Tommy Pham is coming back over the top on the T-shirts. This won't end, and I hope it doesn't. I hope we get new information every day. I remember going back to the night this happened, when he slapped him in the field, and and somebody during the middle of the game said, apparently this has something to do with a fantasy football dispute. We'll get more details later. And I was like, no, you won't. Nobody's going to talk about this. Nobody's going to give the details. Now we know, like, the players that were involved. It was Jeff Wilson of the 49ers, apparently, was the player that was was involved, that the dispute was over. Like, we know all these things. This is great. And Jeff Wilson was even asked about it. Here's my question. The T-shirts are funny. Sure. The guy walked up to your teammate and slapped him in the face. Now you're going to wear T-shirts? Where is everyone... Could freaking brawl. And, I, and by the way, I still think everybody was so caught off guard. Guess what? June 24th, series begins, Reds at the Giants. Oh, if there's God. not a full scale brawl, I don't know that I'm watching baseball anymore. You know what sucks? I'm, I'm done. I'm going to the Phillies Padres game that, that night in San Diego. I, God, I should reroute. They better have, <laughs> should reroute they better have freaking tons of SFPD. The FBI. <laughs> Shouldn't they just suspend Fam for the series again? No. He, he paid his price. I don't want him either, too. I want, and I want you know, to you know what I would do as a, as a Giants GM? What's my what's my philosophy? Every time there's a beef with another just team. throw at him. Or no, you'd call up your biggest player from the minor league. I call up him. a disposable minor leaguer yeah. who I, well, I, I don't care if he's in rookie ball. They, wait, the Giants signed Ryan Reeves. <laughs> yeah, that's what? Yeah, yeah. How about that? How about how about each of the games? They have like they have uh, I don't know a 49er. They just rotate big Kayvon behemoth. Kinlaw. Yeah, behemoths <laughs> and go, here's a picture. 
that guy comes near anyone, you go at him. But no, I actually the the more practical thing is you break you. They've got to have someone. I mean, you don't want to get them hurt, but they've got to have someone who's like six seven and two hundred and fifty pounds in the minors, and he's kind of the watchdog. Now I now here's the thing. I still think Fam would. I think I think Fam absolutely would pull an Amir Garrett, who's a Las Vegan as well. Remember Amir Garrett when he yeah. went into an entire dugout yeah. and tried to fight everyone in the dugout? I think Fam. I think Fam would take on fifty guys. Sure. I don't think he cares. No, I don't think he cares. Either. I don't I think it'd be great. Yeah. But I I'm all for I'm all for all of this. I hope I hope it gets completely this is out of control. So great. It would be amazing. I love baseball. Okay, this has nothing to do with baseball. It does. <laughs> it's baseball. <laughs> It's a baseball story. It's awesome. I'm actually a little, little afraid. We've talked about this a lot, and I keep talking about, you know, getting people to to fight Tommy Pham. If Pham ever goes into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame and we're there live, like we are this Friday, Is he not, he's not I'm going to have to bring someone big Is to he the show. In? No, I don't think he made it yet. His career's not over. He can still go in. Boy, that show. When is that show? 2033. That'll be done at that point. Oh, like, do we feel bad that like Mike Trout has was in a pretty bad slump after all, the, after all this game? Out. He got freaked out. <laughs> There's so. a lot of pressure when you have when you have intense people in your fantasy league. There is a lot of pressure on you as a commissioner. It's not a good spot. Oh, no, it sucks. So Friday we've got the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame going down. The induction ceremony. We'll be there from three to six. It's at Dollar Loan Center. It is sold out. Right. It's at the arena. Uh, it's benefiting a public education foundation. They're announcing seven winners on Friday night of scholarships. There's the David Hum Scholarship Award for Courage, the uh, Richard Bajan Leadership Scholarship. There's five of those. And then the Simon Keith Heart of a Champion Award. That's a new one. That scholarship's going out. So how do they raise money for all these scholarships, right? Every year they have a silent auction. You don't have to be there for the silent auction. You can look it up online. I'll tweet it out again. We'll tweet it out on ESPN uh, Las Vegas Twitter account. I mean, if you can remember it, hofgala2022.givesmart.com. They beefed up the items, Adam. Have you ever bought anything there? No, I've bid. Okay. So I've I've bid before, and I think I've gotten some things. This year, it's insane. Staycations at Caesars, Resorts World, Delano, MGM Grand, plus tickets to Ka. There's a stadium... Check that. Circus Stadium swim package. Ooh, yeah. Nice. That's kind of VIP territory. South Point, there's Laughlin Aquarius. These are all staycations you can bid on, and this goes to a great cause. Virgin Hotels, Casablanca. I won't go through everything. Like, actually, there was some stuff on here where I'm like, I'm not even going to tell anyone about this because I'm want. i serious. I want this. But show tickets include Luke Bryan with a two-hour limo ride around the Strip. Be a big timer. Tons of all session tickets for Mountain West Conference basketball championships next year. Pac 12 basketball tickets, too. These are all separate. You can bid on all of them. And there's the uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame silent auction. Um, but I mentioned the Pac 12 title uh, or football title game, that as well. Golf, there's like six different courses you can bid on foursomes. Really cool. And food. Raisin canes for a year. You can bid on. Uh-oh. Here we go. Again, the address, and it really is for a great cause, all these scholarships. HOFGala2022.givesmart 
Com. Okay, hold on one second. I got to do a giveaway now. We got a lot of business to take care of. 364-1100-364-1100. Fogo to show. We got a Father's Day feast. Big gift card. I mean, this is a place, if you haven't tried some different meats, it's unreal. They got like they bring out like 13 throughout the meal, you know, red, green. You just don't stop. If you're a meat eater, it's awesome. Salads, all the sides, great wine selection. You can make your reservations at Fogo.com. But right now, call her 7364-1100. We've got a, a Fogo gift card. Happy Father's Day. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company. Grab bag. Adam Hill is here. This has been a show. This has been a show. It's been a, a good last couple of days. So we're really looking forward to the uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Again, get up to that auction site. We'll tweet it out. There's so many cool items. Um, you go look because I'm not giving you all the items because I might want some of them. But it's uh, I will. But it's it's really cool. Uh, going in this class on Friday, DeMarco Murray, right? You know, DeMarco's rookie year, we had Marty Cordova in, in the first hour today. Dana White called in today, right? So you got to listen to the archive of the show. The first year of DeMarco's career in the NFL, myself, Marty, and DeMarco actually did like a you know player show where uh, DeMarco would call in for like a half an hour. So, you know, I was rooted for him. You know, I think that the, you know, it was a cool story. And the, the thing I admire most about DeMarco is that, man, when he was done, like he wasn't shot in the NFL, but when he was done, like just passion-wise, I got money, cashed in, I'm out. Didn't you know? Didn't try to stay down, you know, potentially and hurt himself and get broken down until he was like 35. He's 34 now, and he made he made good money in that. And you always talk about the running backs, right? Remember, yeah. he rushed. I think the number was 1,892 yards for the Cowboys, but not making big money. And the Cowboys were like. I mean that's a that's a that's a reality time. Remember, his, it was time for him to get his long term deal, and the Cowboys were like, "Nope." And then Philly signed him in a long deal. He was there for a year. They traded him to the Titans, and I think he played two more years or three more years there. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm comfortable. I'm done." I love when we have stories of that just remind us how old we are. But I I do know I was covering a lot of high school sports at the time when Demarco came into Gorman, and somebody said. Hey, you got to come watch this JV game because the freshman running back is going to be amazing. And I went, I, th- I think it was his first game, but it might have yeah. been earliest or whatever it was. I believe it was his first game, though, and I think he had six touchdowns. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> this kid's going to be pretty good, I think. Uh, that was a long time ago. Amy Purdy's going in. DeMarco Murray. We talked to uh, Ryan Ludwig, if you don't know that. That story, Ryan's a, a Vegas guy, played at UNLV, made it to the majors, had, uh, I think it was like at least three seasons of 25 home runs. I think he had a 37 homer season. Um, that was in his late 20s, and then he bounced back in his uh, early to mid-30s and had you know multiple 25 homer seasons. Really good player and really good for UNLV baseball. So DeMarco Murray, Ryan Ludwig, Gondo, right? Glenn Gondrzek, UNLV legend, announced was the color voice of uh, the Rebels for a long time. Amy Purdy, as I mentioned, Sean Davis from Rodeo, Larry Brown, you know, minor league baseball player, and then uh, politician, public servant in many areas. So very cool event. Very cool event coming up on Friday. Get in the bag, please. Thank you. 
So grab bag here on a Wednesday. Do we have our Kepka audio? You loved this, didn't you? Oh, it was great. The the setup for the U.S. Open. Listen, Phil's around. Phil got blistered the other day. He didn't know what to say in response to questions about the 9-11 family sending him a letter saying, why are you aligned with the Saudis? They were one of the reasons, big reasons behind 9-11. What are you doing? He had no, he didn't prep. He didn't care. It's like, dude, just stand up there and go, I don't care. I know, I want to, I want to be clear though, because I know I've, I've had people argue with this and say like, who, like who care? They're playing on a tour and like, yeah, the money is coming from maybe a bad place to potentially what does it matter? It's the, the goal of the tour, right? The goal of this tour isn't really even making money. It's huh. to repair the image of the Saudi and like say, hey, look, we're just this sports thing. So well, it's it, not about where the money is coming from or where like you could say money's dirty. It, wherever. It, it ain't working so far. Right. But but I'm saying what the goal is right. is to say like, hey, look, the Saudis, they're, they're doing these great these great things and it's they're part of sports. So and basically, basically the mission here is to say, don't buy this. We you, you need to know what's going on. And the athletes, you realize what you're involved with. Yeah. And the families are like, you're participating in blocking out what their real history is. So Brooks Kepka, who's not part of the Saudi golf tour, was asked repeatedly about it. So some guy gets up and he's like, hey, how much money would it take for you to jump like the others to go play with the Saudis? I haven't given it that much. I mean, I haven't given it that much thought. Really? I re- I'm trying to focus on the U.S. Open, man. Like, I legitimately don't get it. I'm tired of the conversations. I'm tired of all this stuff. Y'all, like I said, y'all are throwing a black cloud on the U.S. Open. I think that sucks. I actually do feel bad for him for once. I mean, it's a situation. Why have you decided to stay on the PGA Tour, and is that a permanent decision? I mean, there's been no other option to this point. So uh, where else are you going to go? Live. I mean, uh, as of last week, that's it. I wasn't playing last week. So I think it kind of sucks, too. Y'all are throwing this black cloud over the U.S. Open. And, I mean, it's one of my favorite events, and why well, you guys keep doing that. But, um, you know, more legs you give it, the more, more you keep talking about it. You know what's funny? As I watch this, I'm like, I think he's been offered, and I think he's thinking about going. His brother went. His brother's on the tour. So I thought he would well, how much? I mean, how much would it? They're paying Bryson DeChambeau $100 million. Yeah. Why? I mean, why go. wouldn't they go after Kepka for $150? He'll probably go. Uh, but I, I think he said two things there. One, why are we still talking about this? It's old. And two, we haven't had another option until last week. It, it can't be both. Right. It's not old news well, and just started the, last week. The reporter week. responded like, it's not old. They're coming here. They've still got <laughs> seven more events, and half of them or more are in the United States. <laughs> it's crazy. Make sure you go to uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, more accurately, lvsportsnetwork.com. We didn't get to the Bruce Cassidy sound that the guys uh, landed. It was actually a full interview. Ryan Wallace. Darren Millard. Magnum. So you can hear the whole conversation on LV Sports Network, on the archives, the podcast of the VGK Insider Show. And then tomorrow there's a press conference, so he'll be talking to the rest of the media, right? Yeah, 10 a.m. What do you want to ask him? I don't know. Okay, good answer. We're out. It'll depend what he says early. (laughs) See ya.